What is up, guys? Uh, this episode, we got to go to Romeoville and hang out in the monkey house with uh, the boys at Metal Monkey. So I had uh, Jason and Dan sit with me, and we talked about a lot of stuff. About an hour and a half worth of content, talking about anything from self-distribution to canning to taking apart coolers uh, to making your own chocolate bars. So these guys were awesome. They were awesome with their time. They even shared some of their chocolate with me. Had some barrel-aged Asmodeus while we were there. Um, so please take a listen, and I know you're going to enjoy it. So again, Metal Monkey, Romeoville, go check those guys out. And please, 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 if you've been listening to the podcast, if you like the podcast, please go to our Facebook page, Average Joe's Above Average Beer Podcast, and uh, search for that and like the page. Uh, do us an even bigger solid and, and subscribe to the podcast. Download the podcast, like the podcast, review the podcast. Please, anything you can do helps that podcast out. So appreciate everything, guys. Enjoy the show. Welcome into another episode of Average Joe's Above Average Beer Podcast. I'm sitting in the, well, the brewing area, right? At uh, yep. Metal Monkey Brewing in Romeoville. I'm sitting here with two two of the owners, right? Brandy has uh, declined our invitation. Yeah, she's the declined mic. the invitation, <laughs> but uh, she's sitting up at the bar. <laughs> so we got Dan and we got Jason here. Say hello, guys. Hey, how's it going? How's it going, guys? All right, well, I really appreciate you guys, first of all, sitting down and doing this is... Uh, a brewery that I've had on my list for a while now to get booked, and you guys were very uh, cordial with your time, so I appreciate that. Not a problem. Well, really, we're here to talk about Metal Monkey, so uh, where did it all begin? Who wants Who wants to take number one? <laughs> I could take it. Um, yeah, I guess it, it started with uh, a home brewing hobby that got out of hand. Um, I started home brewing uh, early 2000s, 2002, 2003 maybe. I, I don't remember the exact year, um, but... I started doing that as a hobby and uh, just one of those things over the years kind of spiral, spiraled out of control. And uh, one drunken night with some friends, we said, hey, what if we opened a brewery? And uh, went from there. Uh, Brandy, my wife, uh, well, was my girlfriend at the time, uh, worked in finance. So her and I started tr trying to hash out a business plan. And then we decided to join a homebrew club uh, just to see if our beer was actually any good or if our friends and family were just telling us it tasted good and uh that's where we met jason yeah it was kind of funny i didn't know dan until what, probably five six years ago yeah sounds so about right met him through the home, local homebrew club kind of the same thing it was brewing at home it was a good hobby wanted to make it better learn more and kind of bounce ideas and see if what i was doing was right or like he said we're family and friends and saying oh man this is really good but it really you never, wasn't yeah you can never be too sure right <laughs> exactly are you blowing smoke or are you yeah yeah so is it uh that's not the Julia brewer's guild is it it, it is yeah okay yep. jamie talked a lot about that on, on episode three for will county uh jamie albert wonderful guy but yeah he said he met a lot of people through that same yeah area. we met him through there we oh, yeah, a lot of good people yeah, one of the beers we have on tap right now is the recipe from the guy who started the Joliet Brewers Guild, Joe Rakowski. Uh, it's a Baltic porter with hazelnuts and molasses called Sticky Viking Nuts. Wait, is so, that new? Did you guys just put that on tap recently? Uh, it was about two weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he he's won Brewer of the Year the la in 2017 and 2016. So okay. part of the prize for winning the Brewer of the Year is we get to we take one of their recipes and we scale it up here. So you guys still have pretty strong ties to that that group. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Huh? See, that's cool. That's something that probably a lot of people don't know about in the area. 
Yeah, it's great. We've, uh, you know, we get people from a lot of the local homebrew clubs coming in here, not just the JBG, but, you know, Pale and Spent Grain Society, uh, Boss. Awesome. Um, so it's it's really cool to keep those ties. We, we want to do some more with the homebrew clubs, but, uh, you know, just time permitting more than anything. <laughs> yeah, with going through the process of, you know, a new space to rent and, you know, the system's getting upgraded in the next few months, so... And with the anniversary and the Osmodius and the holidays, we, we tend to juggle a lot come November, December, January. Yeah, it's a crazy time of the year, yeah, I take it, for, for, sure. for anyone. So just just for, like, details' sake, so you're talking about you met, you know, you guys were like, hey, you want to see if we're for real, like, make, make get yourself a space like this. So what all goes into that? Like, that's what a lot of people don't know is, like, the time, the effort <laughs> that it goes in finding that space, you know, getting the right space. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And we uh, we had looked around just vaguely in the area, just kind of randomly looking at different commercial real estate listings and didn't really come up with much of anything that we were crazy about. Um, and then, you know, I had the idea to talk to the village planners here in Romeoville because we thought maybe it would be a good idea to stay in town. Uh, you know, we live in town, uh, Brandy and I, and then uh, Jason and his wife, they live uh, or they lived in Lockport at the time. Now, you're Juliet? Yeah, it's right on the edge. Yeah. Right on the edge, Juliet. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I sat down with the planners just to see if it was something that they wanted in town and if they could give me any guidance on that. And uh, they were super helpful. They they kind of gave me the a starting point. They said, you know, take a look at these kind of properties. We've got, you know, a handful of small warehouse spaces available in town. Um, here's what you're going to need from there and you know they kind of held our hand through it uh or through at least finding the place uh once we found this space we we really liked it uh you know everything you see now has been added since we've been here uh there was originally no walls up between the two spaces or between probably the first six spaces in the building starting from uh the uh other end so uh once we leased the space it took them a couple months to put the walls up put the bathrooms in and then they just gave it to us like that and we've built everything from there so we had to throughout that process hire architects uh you know get the plans approved by the village then hire contractors deal with all of them um and you know they tricky part is uh with contractors uh you know if if we were on a very small budget, so we kind of had to work around their schedules. So things went a lot slower than we would have liked, but, you know, you get what you pay for. And, you know, if you want guys to do a, a side job in their off time, you have to wait till they're off work, basically. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun to The world do. of the trades. Yeah, yeah exactly. And then uh, it, beyond that, though, there was a lot of licensing involved, uh, federal, state, local, health department licensing. So there was just mountains of paperwork for all that. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I can imagine <laughs> going through all that stuff. So, but you said the village was really good, right? Yeah, That's they were really good. And they, and we still, you know, work close with them on, you know, different events throughout town. They actually, uh, uh, 2016, they named us the business of the year in town here, which was well pretty amazing. Um, That's awesome. You know, and so, yeah, they've been cool and we're doing our best to return the favor to them now. Yeah, I think you guys are doing a pretty good job. You got some happy people coming in and out Definitely. here. Definitely. So... You get the space, you get all that, and then now you're a brewery, right? So, mm -hmm. what's what's the? How did you come out of the gates? What was your first thought? Like, how many well, beers are we having on tap? What yeah. are we doing? Like, well, we knew we wanted to open up with six beers. We're like, okay, we have six fermenters, we can make six beers, have those six on tap, and have a 
basically what we did was we brewed our first batches we had those ready to go and we had the same six beers and the fermenters again because we anticipated a big weekend and a big beginning and with only there with there only being six options we didn't want to run out of something and not have it a week later or two weeks later so we had everything ready to go ready for the backup but i think before we even got to that point i think you know i think we'll all agree that the first four months after signing the lease we once we got in here we went from brewers to general contractors and we did so yeah. much <laughs> construction work ourselves i mean everything in here that didn't have to be done by a licensed hvac plumber or electrician yeah. we did you know between the the fixtures the lights the cooler we put together dan myself and one of the guys from the home brew club helped us put it together so dan and his brother and his dad built the brew stand so you know we did a lot of the stuff ourselves and put a lot of time and hours into that just also because of budget constraints and wanting to have our own feel in it and but then when it came time to make the beer it was finally like we well, yeah, gladly put the, we gladly, yeah, we gladly yeah. put the general construction. The, this is what we signed up for. Yeah. Let's oh, yeah. finally get down to it. Yeah, what what's that day like when you finally like, oh guys, we're we're, we're not making cutting wood. We're not. Like, <laughs> you know. it, it was uh, it was interesting. You know, it, we had a, a plan. We kind of tested out the equipment beforehand. Figure out how how much uh, liquid we're going to boil off throughout our boil. How to how high to set the burners. All that kind of stuff. Uh, and so we kind of vaguely knew what you know the process that we were going to go through but then once it actually became time to do it it was just chaotic we're like okay wait we need a hose where okay clamp that onto there uh get that going over here and uh it, it was uh just crazy yeah it was even more of a manual setup that we have right now i mean right now we have a three barrel mash ton and a three barrel kettle and we have the ability to do double batches with a, with a big dairy tank that we can use as our mash ton but in the beginning we had 55 gallon drums we were doing three boils and three mashes so it was a constant you know take this hose off put this hose here clean this out we need it again in 20 minutes and it was a lot of juggling and we quickly quickly upgrade it right to a full three barrel mash ton and a three barrel pot so that we could do and for consistency as well because i was going to say does that affect like, the outcome of the some of it was here? you know three mashes three boils we were getting you know the, the gravities were within the same range but some of them you know you'd get one that was two points lower one that was two points higher and i mean yes they're all going into the same fermenter so it balances out but we want it to make it more consistent and, more, and a little bit easier at least yeah, with being so new, it's like you want to have that quality up front, too. Yeah. So you exactly. First impression. I mean, you know, you hate to say the old cliche, first impression, but. Right. Well, it's true, though. the people yeah. coming back. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the first time I came in here, you guys were open a couple months, and the, you had six taps going. I found Tony's car really quickly, you know. The oh, yeah. <laughs> crushed a couple growlers or crawlers of that and came back for more. So, <laughs> But then I think we took a gap where we hadn't been here for a month or two, you know, three months. And then all of a sudden we come back, there's like 16 taps. You got all these crazy beers flowing. And it's like, and we just started coming back, on, you know, like every other weekend. And you're like, you know, we're going to come back and have some more. I got to try all these. You guys had great burr liners and IPAs. And, you know, obviously I'm drinking Osmodius right now, barrel aged. Nice. Out of this world. You guys did an awesome job on that this Thank year. You. So you remember the the first six? Do you remember who was on tap that weekend? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. we had uh, Furious George. Uh, we called it Monkey Knife Fight back then, but Still then there cool was some uh, trademark you, issues, okay. <laughs> uh, which the brewery has since gone out of business that owns that trademark. So we're trying to buy it off of them, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, 
We had, uh, what, Tony's Car, like you mentioned, Funky Mucker, the Chocolate Peanut Butter Stout. That's a big seller for you guys. It right? is. It's, it's, okay. Yeah, one of our, our better sellers. Shout out uh, to my mother-in-law, Charmaine. She loves that beer. Nice. She is a big but fan. We, we get calls when it runs out. So how many more days till it'll be back on? <laughs> you get that on the line soon? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we had Bikini Bottom, the Pineapple Goza. Um, Simeon Fever. Simeon Fever, the uh, Hibiscus, Hibiscus Sweet. Fantasy Bowling League or Fantasy Bowl, that's drops, a Colch, right? Is it? Yep, Colch. Yeah. And a lot of those are coming back for our two year anniversary. We a lot of those tend to stay in rotation anyway because they're popular beers, but we have in the tank right now, Simeon Fever, Furious George, Tony's Car. Uh, so, you know, a lot of those are coming back, Fantasy Bowling League. They're they're kind of core fan favorites and you know, you kinda wanna you know, a little ode back to when you opened up. You still have those same six beers two years later. It's kind Plus, of nice. they're good beers. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, if they weren't any good, we wouldn't yeah. give on tap anymore. No, you wouldn't? No. No, <laughs> surprisingly. There, so there's some that we've uh, brewed once mix. and never brewed yeah. again. Yeah, do you remember any of Which ones? Jeez, um, <laughs> I can't even think of it right now. I really I love the Goulet, man. That's that's. Oh, the, yeah, that one's on I tap. I a really now. hard time saying that name the right yes. way. Yeah, come up to him like, with the chalet. <laughs> Plus the way that you guys do the artwork on the chalkboards is so mm-hmm. cool. Like so the, the the font, I guess was. was yeah, that that trouble. font is uh, based off of the band Ghost, and it's uh, makes sense. But yeah, the uh, the G is the most confusing part to people on that, and I, I get it. But yeah, it's it's funny. Uh, Every time I see it, I think of the uh, Robert Goulet sketch from Saturday Night Live. Say, there's so many people Goulet. like, oh, is this beer named after the actor like no yeah. we're basic people see? <laughs> we're very simple people uh so tell me a little bit about the culture i mean like, like you guys's name and everything is metal monkey i mean and you guys have one of the dopest logos on the planet love it i love the the, mon- the monkey and it's it's surprisingly like fan friendly i guess you'd say like metal monkey it, it my kids love it you know my kids see oh, that yeah. sticker and they're like it's so awesome <laughs> look at that cool monkey you know and he's holding up the rock and roll sign like so tell me about the little bit of the culture that you kind of meant to build when you first started the whole thing. Well, I, you know, being fans of heavy metal music, uh, you know, we, we, that's, you know, where the metal aspect comes from. But, uh, you know, the, the look and feel in, in the brewery, we wanted to build a place that we would want to hang out at, a place that, you know, felt like you're hanging out in your buddy's basement. Um, you know, that, that kind of rough but not, but, but inviting, I guess. Yeah, it was tricky, you know, too. You got you have an industrial spot, and you want right. to make it, you want to keep some of that industrial feel, but you also don't want to make it feel like you're drinking at a cold industrial warehouse. Yeah, and it's, you guys are talking about, you know, it's heavy metal, you're metal monkey, like, but it's not like this is some, you know, uh, unattainable place. Like, you, you know, like I said, my kids come here, and they play the games and stuff. Yeah, right. It's not like this, like, hardcore metal house. Like, I don't yeah. want to bring them into a biker bar, you know? No, like, not at all. No, the place is so, like, welcoming and inviting, and it's awesome. You guys yeah, have some we of the w- best signs and, like, you know, random stuffed animals, <laughs> like everything else here. Yeah, we want people to sit down, be comfortable, hang out for a while. You know, we've got a bunch of games up there on the shelf that are games that we you know, when we're not working, we like to play some of those games. Uh, we've got, you know, old school video games on the TV. Uh, just, you know, there's there's no BS here. It's just, you're here to have fun. You're here to have some good beer. And if you don't like it, you could leave. I <laughs> <laughs> get the, no. Exactly. The best is the Bon Jovi, the no Bon Jovi rules. <laughs> what are some of the, what are the, the, the rules in the monkey house? Uh, so rule know? ones, don't be a dick. Yeah, uh, rule twos, one. don't steal our shit. Um, Another good one. Yeah. What do we have? We have, uh, you know, sit down, like, make, yes, room. Scudo, yeah, make yeah, room. Yeah, make, right? make room for people because, yeah, it's always annoying when you go into a bar and there's 
somebody taking up a space yes. where you could have two people sitting next to each other. And we want to encourage people to talk to each other, you know, like uh, I think at one point, one of our rules was going to be put your phone down just yeah. so you could talk to the people next to you. you it's know? Increasingly, you're seeing that so much now where people are trying yeah. to make these spaces and you're seeing the communal tables are, are getting right. big now everywhere. Yep. And yeah, we've got the communal table yeah. here for that Which, exact you guys have reason. always had that, right? Yep. I mean, that's been yeah, we built that uh, actually right where we're sitting right now. Yeah. It was welded together I was right say, here. This was also a <laughs> workshop space at one yep, point. Yep, exactly. Right? Yeah, but... The, uh, the thing that I, I like about your guys' space too is, especially the leather couch and, and the little the way it sets up, and mm -hmm. the fact that you guys have like a metal DVD going on, you know, which yeah. is which is live music like that is great. So I think it's a cool little corner in space, all the stuffed animals, something that kind of just sets your space apart about from from the rest. So for sure, um, the light fixture, the big one. Uh, actually, we and built how? we built that out in my garage uh, before we leased the space. We had um, uh, Brandy, my dad, uh, not my dad, her dad. Brandy, her dad, and myself built it. Uh, he built the frame out of wood. We bought some light fixtures and strung them through the uh, kind of wire mesh that was in them. Uh, hung the uh, the cords at different lengths just so we could uh, have that kind of asymmetrical look to them and. Uh, yeah, that bought a bunch of Edison bulbs for yeah, it. How, how, did, was that there day one? Was that, that was their day one, there? yeah. Yeah, I remember the uh, the first day the uh, electricians came in to hook it up, and they looked at my wiring job and said, what the hell did you do? Oh. <laughs> I, like I thought I was pretty good I at was this. like, hey, it works. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we're going to fix that. It turns <laughs> on, I swear. That's good that they helped you out. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So talk talk a little bit more about the beer. I mean, we don't have a, an agenda or anything while we're sitting here. We just want to talk about you know what you guys are doing. So, yeah. like, what do you got in the tanks right now? What do you guys? Uh, you said you had a brew day yesterday. Uh, we're started? brewing tomorrow. We're brewing actually a brand new beer tomorrow. Um, okay. So we've done the version of the New England style we have on tap now called the the call. Uh, we're brewing, the call. We're, we're brewing a new one tomorrow. We're changing up the recipe. We're using two brand new hops for us, uh, Enigma and Denali. So we're kind of, you know, switching up the recipe a little bit, putting some new hops in, trying to come up with something new, something fun. You know, so, that's one thing so we like to do. So what does the Denali and the Enigma kind of add to? What, what was the first uh, iteration with the call? Uh, the what call is, I believe, what is it? Citra? Citra, Mosaic, uh, Cascade, Palisade, Simcoe, oh, wow. yeah, and I think a little Galaxy as well. You're bit, getting yeah. in there. There's a lot going on in there. there. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, well, you know, they're both Australian hops. I, I think they're both. I believe so. Yeah. Enigma yeah. is, and um, just you know, a lot of intense fruit flavor, and just kind of figured it would blend well with that style. You know, that juicy, soft mouthfeel. So we're using a little bit more oats and wheat this time around, and a little bit less two row to kind of give it a little bit softer. We wanted to make one that's going to be a little bit lighter in color too. Um, so you know, we'll see how it goes. We're that's one thing I think we like to do is, you know, we got 16 different beers on tap. But we don't want to just always be the same 16 we're trying to always get something new out there and keep making some new beers and making beers that we want to try and that we like and kind of keep that variety going from you know light to hoppy to big and dark so that there's a little bit of something for everybody oh yeah you can come in here and get the coal or you can get yeah, modius motor oil you can get, you can and get a, a, a light pills there or you can get a 12 percent stout so you kind of get a little bit of everything in between so uh, every episode, it seems to come up. So let's just get that out of the way with you guys. Like, what are your thoughts on the New England style or the double dry hop, whatever you want to call it? Uh, yeah, I think we started off not 
quite sure about the New England style. Uh, and I, I think that, that stemmed from having a lot of either examples that were past their prime or just not good examples. And uh, for me, everything changed but last year when we went out to the Craft Brewers Conference in D.C. And I had so many really good New England style IPAs out there that I came back saying, okay, we can do this, we could do it well, and now I have an idea how. Yeah, it started with for us. We learned quickly after that. We did a small batch to never say never because I think for a long time we did. We were like, we're never making one of those. We're not doing it. And then, yeah, a lot of people. Then we were that. like, all right. We got on board. We made a small batch, uh, a ten-gallon batch here for a brewery for the uh, for the brewery. We tapped it on a Monday. It was gone in like five hours. So we're like, okay, Jesus. let's see. What, you know, get some feedback from people, some regulars that were here, see what was good and bad, and. We tweaked the, the current version of the call that's on now. I think it's on like version 3.0 now. Okay. You know, we've added, we've changed the recipe up a little bit to, to adjust the, the look or the taste for us. And uh, yeah, I think we kind of bought into it after coming back from DC. We're like, all right, it's you know, you, if you do it right, it's really good. So yeah, we, I've heard so many mixed kind of you, yeah. know, you know, people love it. I mean, it, it's gonna yeah. Move, I mean, I like right? them. I, mean, I, I drink them when I'm at home if I'm not here, and I like trying them and. Yeah, I've, I've always been a big fan of hoppier beers, and, you know, I, I, I usually after I have one or two New England IPAs, I'm like, okay, I need something with more bitterness and more, more of a crisp finish to it, but it's a good way to start the night for me. Um, now, can but, you attack that, like, in the hop bill? You know, I'm not a brewer. I don't brew mm-hmm. at home, so is that, is that something you can attack? Because we talk about this all the time, you know, me and my, like, closer beer guys that, that yeah. I spend a lot of time with, we talk about... We do like the style. Like my, my buddy that I trust more than anybody about beer, he's kind of coming out of that, you know, trend of the New England, whereas mm-hmm. I'm still kind of buying them all. Right. And uh, he, we always talk about, though, we just wish you could find that little extra bite, you know, that, that little extra, like, s- bitterness at the end. Yeah, like I know ours personally, we don't, no hops even go into the boil until the flame goes out. It's all, it's all dry considered hop. whirlpool or dry hopping. Um, I mean, I've had a couple of New England styles where there is some of that bitterness, and you get varying opinions because some people say it's not supposed to be bitter. It's supposed to be just kind of be that juice-like flavor. And I've had some where it's both, where it's, it tastes like orange juice. And then I've had some where you get that little bit of bitterness, yeah, which I think is kind of nice, too. It's really yeah. nice. Like, I thought Gummy Buddy from uh, Noon Whistle and, uh, and Iron and Glass over there, they did a really good job with the yeah. Belma Hop. And that Definitely. It was, was a very cool uh, mixture of that. So the New England style hop or the New England style IPA, you guys are you guys are okay as long as you're doing it right. It's nothing wrong with trying, like you right, said. Right, right, exactly. So, what are your guys' favorite beers to brew usually? You know, does it vary? Um, I think it varies. I think it, for me, it usually goes back to IPAs. I I love brewing our coffee brown ale. Um, that one it, we brewed a ten gallon test batch of that. Uh, was that last year? Yeah. And uh, the day we tapped it, we knew that we wanted to make that a regular beer. So I think within a a couple days, we bought all the ingredients to make a big batch of it. Yeah. And it's been in regular rotation since then, too. Yeah. I mean, hoppy bears are always fun to make. It smells great in here when you're making them. For sure. (laughs) Uh, you know, like I, I'm a big fan too of our other coffee one, our, our monkey mocha was also yeah. one that I, you know, I started making years ago at home with the vanilla coffee porter. So uh, we're excited. We always liked that one. We talked for like a year and a half about trying to age that one in ideally a rum barrel. We thought vanilla coffee rum it would work. 
but there wasn't a good way to source a good reliable barrel and then it was probably six months ago we were able to get a 35 gallon rum barrel from tailwinds in plainfield oh so we immediately filled that up with some yeah why not tailwinds is great <laughs> yeah. so yeah yeah, yeah for do sure that. it so is much as it's a difficult brew day osmodius can be fun to make to a certain point it's like a love of torture i guess okay so what goes into osmodius it's just our biggest grain bill uh you know before we had the the uh dedicated uh bigger mash ton the or the not dedicated but the the larger one that we have next door the old dairy tank okay. uh we had to use the mash ton that we have there the three barrel plus two of the old 55 gallon drums we used to use and do three yeah. simultaneous mashes to make three barrels just to get all the grain inv into it um it was it was a nightmare and it, even now we can brew six barrels at a time but good. it's 1200 pounds of grain that we're putting into that dairy wow. tank and uh so it while it, it it's a great beer it it's not it's not easy to make. not easy to not make yeah no. you know, shuffling out that much grain from the mash yeah. ton is backbreaking you guys you got guys for that, right? No. Oh yeah, yeah. we're right you here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you and you—that's a—that's a normal story in a brewery. You know, yeah, you we 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 had some help the last few times we've brewed it from uh, Tommy, who's working behind the bar, my father-in-law, uh, Brandy. Um, yeah. You know, whoever was around that day, just we handed yeah. him a shovel after Please. after we got started to get tired and kind yeah. of took turns. It's, it's an old dairy tank, which I think effectively is like a twelve or fifteen barrel size mash tun. But well, we put it right right about where we were sitting, and when we filled say, it up. I feel like up, I saw it on yeah. Facebook or something. You guys did a live. Yep. Or, but the last time we brewed Osmodius, because it's so much grain and so much water, we had to get the pallet jack and a piece of wood and jack up the end, like where I'm sitting, because the floor sloped. So it, we had like an inch on one side and like no room on the other side, so we had to level it out. So it was just, I mean, it takes every inch of that thing to make yeah. a six-barrel batch, and it's it's crazy. Well, I mean, you guys are bottling all that too, right? I mean, is all that that all all the variants and everything? Well, usually when we we brew a six barrel batch of Osmodius, we'll fill a couple of the you know bourbon barrels, okay. and then we'll take a couple of kegs of because the regular is the same base for the barrel age, um, and that's typically on tap. Yeah, we yeah, that one tries. I think there's only maybe been a month or so where it hasn't been on tap since when we first released it. It's, yeah, it's wildly popular even when it's 95 degrees outside for some reason people want to drink a 12 percent stout <laughs> i can't nothing do it but <laughs> so um the barrels so basically after you guys just had the how, how long ago was the release uh beginning of december, beginning of december. what day was that the second second third? Third? mid january second. So what is that like? You're you're dumping or not dumping? You're you're emptying barrels that were holding, you know, eight, nine, ten, twelve month old. Yeah, we're uh, actually getting ready to brew again to fill refill barrels for, you know, the 2018 release, which will be in December of this year. Um, so yeah, I mean the the bulk of them were six months. Some were seven, eight. Okay. So the they kind of vary. We kind of blend them back together at the end to get the the taste we're looking for. So how do you guys set up the logistics for, for a release day? Just You know, we've done it a little bit differently every time. And now that we have the new space next door that, sorry, now that we have the new space next door that made it a lot easier, uh, we, you know, have kind of looked at what worked and what didn't work in the past and, you know, take some cues from other breweries that we've seen do releases where, 
you know, they either had a great release day or a monumental failure. Yeah, right. You can learn from both. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And I think we learn more from the, the failures that we hear about and, you know, reading all those negative Facebook comments on some disastrous release days, uh, that's a, a good learning tool for us. Yeah, you know, we're all different beer groups on Facebook and, you know, you, you see what people are posting and typing, you see the pictures and you hear the good and bad. So you're like, all right, well, let's take this part of the good and this part of the bad and see how we can use that to our advantage and make it work for our customers. Social media stuff is like, it's so necessary, but it's it seems like it can be so brutal sometimes. Yeah, it really, yeah, so it really does. Reading all that stuff too, I mean. Ugh. And tr yeah, just trying to take as much of it that actually seems legitimate and you know, because it's hard to separate when when someone gets angry. Uh, you know, they are they just pissed off, or is this a legitimate crit criticism? Yeah. Do they have a rough day? I mean, you right, catch exactly. Them on the day. Yeah, it, it's kind of crazy. But we, we like Tom uh, Tom Quarter over at Penrose. We had him last week on the show, and we talked to him, and he said something made me think. You know, he's I'm glad people care enough to you know. Yeah. It, it shows me you know it's yeah people can be pretty rough. Oh, for, no for reason, sure. But. But, uh, yeah, to think that people actually are passionate enough about drinking your beer that at least, you know, you, you, you kind of learn from it. Right. And, yeah, so for, with the, the last release that we did uh, for the barrel-aged Osmodius, we had uh, people come in through the new unit who were buying bottles. So they'd come in through the Unit 800 door. And uh, then we had, you know, uh, the tap room open for regular, you know, people that wanted to come to the bar and just uh, get a flight, get a whatever it might be and uh it worked out really well we had a uh, you know a couple hundred people waiting in line when we opened the door at noon and we got through them within about an hour i think oh yeah. wow yeah you gotta have everything working that day you know, the oh yeah sales, everyone the on credit hand. Card yeah exactly stuff. we had a, uh, you know we we asked people or we said cash only at first and you know realized that not everyone's gonna bring cash uh so we had the it's a weird you know, world the, now. the card reader waiting on standby just for the people that were like oh wait you, you mean i had to bring cash when it said cash only <laughs> Well, yeah, some people, they don't read your posts, because I know you guys are yeah. very, you guys communicate a lot on, on... Yeah, we try to be as transparent as possible, because, mm -hmm. you know, we don't want to piss people off for missing at, missing the detail on something yeah. silly, or something that might seem silly to us. How do you guys uh, usually utilize um, your your social media stuff? I mean, do you guys do this, does everybody have a hand in it? Do you guys have, like, a person that you kind of trust to do it all, or... No, we all kind of have a hand in it. Um, definitely with the Facebook and the website. Uh, you know, I think, well, the website's mostly Jason. Um, Facebook, we all kind of, whoever, you know, is, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Dan, Brandy does a lot of the events. Dan does a lot of the posting events. I don't post a ton of stuff on Facebook, but a lot of times it's the three of us sitting at the bar talking about it. So okay. it's like, okay, I'll do it. Like. So, yeah. You know, Throw Dan, that up real quick. Uh, yeah. Dan's pretty much the one behind uh, the Metal Monkey Brewing Instagram. Uh, I do my own Instagram. It's uh, Monkey See Monkey Brew, and it's you know I don't use it for anything personal. I use it all just for brewery related stuff. So Monkey See Monkey Brew. Yeah. Anybody listening? Go jump on Instagram. Follow that account. What's your uh, What's the Metal Monkey Instagram and the uh, um, I mean, it's pretty easy on Facebook. Just search Metal Monkey Brewing. Exactly. Yeah. And on Instagram, I believe it's just Metal Monkey Brew. And I think it's, a, yeah, Metal Monkey Brew. And uh, to a lesser extent, our Twitter account is uh, 
Metal Monkey Brew as well. No, Metal Monkey Brewing, sorry. And that one, you're not, not as active on Twitter? Not as then? active. I, I'm I trying lot, to get man. more active on Twitter, but uh, it's just one of the... I see a lot of people kind of coming off of Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instagram's yeah. really taking a lot of that, Facebook too. Instagram Facebook's kind of huge. Well, I, mean, I know just for me, I mean, just for being a beer dork that just chases beers, I follow all of you guys, you know? It's it's, it's the best way to do it. Most, most of them I have, like, for you guys, I'll have an alert, so... Yeah. Because yeah. I want to know, and sometimes you know, beer can be a timely thing too. Right. I mean, especially yeah, and that's, definitely. You know, we with our website and Facebook, it's you know integrated with our Untapped. You know, so when we're tapping a new beer, you know, I, I'll put that on Untapped, and it pushes it to our page and our Facebook page instantly. And then well, if you get yeah. notifications from Untapped, usually within. I think it's like 45 minutes of us updating the menu. If there's something new, you get an alert that says Metal Monkey Brewery now has, you know, ABC on tap. So It's been very, very many times I've been on my way home from work and Iron and Glass yeah. pops up on my untapped and yeah. I'm just swinging yep. in there. Actually, the one day I saw you, I saw you, oh, that's dropping, right. yeah. off a, you were dropping <laughs> off a case of Osmodius when I was in there. I think that was the day we did our podcast, actually. Thanks. Well, yeah, so, I mean, the social media thing is so huge for, for beer junkies like myself. You know, you're always looking and you always want to know what's going on at the brewery and what's in the mesh, you know, like how long until this comes out, what's your right. next release, mm-hmm. what's your next event, you know, beer and yoga. People are doing a lot of beer and yoga. You, know, you want to see all these events. So well, Yeah, I mean, even today, uh, Arrowhead Ales and uh, New Lenox posted the picture. We did a collaboration with them where it's a double coffee milk stout, and we're having a, a brunch and a release party around that at their place on February 10th. Well... No, you know, within 20 minutes of him posting the, the the flyer for it on Facebook, we got a message saying, "Hey, do you have that beer at your place ready to go now? Is it on tap?" And it's like, it's crazy not yet. In a couple of weeks after the event, we'll have it over by us. So it was, you know, people see it and they want it right away, and they, you know, they're we'll let you know. And then they leave a rude comment. No, no. <laughs> Not only every now and then. Every now and yeah. again. So okay, how do you make a double coffee milk stout? It's, high, it's about 11 percent. ABV, Boom. so <laughs> we just uh, everything got kicked up a notch. You know, you extend your boil a little bit longer, and uh, Dan's gonna be been working on roasting the coffee for that today, and uh, we're gonna package that and do a brunch over at their place as well. So it should be it should be fun. Okay, so that's a that's a small segue into. So I'm fo- I follow you guys on Facebook, like I said, and Dan, you're I've seen you multiple times posting things with roasting, and I, you, did you make chocolate bars? Yeah, I just made some uh, yesterday, actually. Uh, that was that's a weird new thing that I'm just playing around with There's at home. Nothing weird about me. No, I guess I guess not. It's just it, you you don't hear every day that somebody bought raw cocoa beans, roasted them, ground them up, and made them into chocolate bars. But uh, it, it was, uh, you know, I started roasting coffee at home years ago using a little popcorn popper, um, and I've enjoyed it ever since. I, you know, since uh, in the last couple of years, I, I moved up to a bigger roaster that looks like a fancy toaster oven uh, that I could do about a pound at a time in. And so anytime we, well, most anytime when I need a beer, uh, coffee for a beer here, I'll roast it. Uh, there's been a few occasions where we've bought coffee from uh, like 10 drops over in Plainfield. Yeah. Uh, those guys are awesome. So They're great. Like using their coffee if we can't get our, our hands on our own. Uh, and sometimes we can't just because of time constraints and things like that. Uh, it takes some time, especially with a small batch roaster. So, uh, you know, I had the idea that, uh, you know, I wanted to make or roast coffee. And I saw some video online where someone was making basically like a chocolate bar out of coffee. Rather than using uh, cocoa, they used uh, coffee beans. And uh, so it was coffee beans, uh, 
cocoa butter and sugar. And it sounded really intriguing to me because I love coffee so much. So I was like, okay, I need to buy the things to do that. And once I did that, I was like, well, why don't I buy some chocolate too and try playing around with that? And yeah, found yeah. out that, uh, you know, the, the one good site for uh, buying raw cocoa beans for uh, the home chocolate making, uh, they recommend the same roaster that I use for coffee. So I'm like, well, this is a no-brainer. Let's just go for it. I've already got it pegged. Exactly. So, so yeah, I, uh, you know, did that for the first time the other day. I've got some here. I'll, I'll share some with you. Oh, uh, See, now you're, now you're spoiling this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like his new hobby. It's delicious. <laughs> right? <laughs> his new hobby sounds really delicious. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's another thing, though. I, it would be cool if... Uh, if I could translate it into something we do use here too. Right. That was uh, my first thought. I'm like, he's doing yeah. something with those to put in something in a right. beer that's going to be awesome. Because, you know, you know, it's not often you see a brewery that roasts their own coffee, but, you know, if they're making like a beer with chocolate in it, do they roast and grind their own cocoa for it? And I don't think you see that terribly often, and I think that would just be another cool way yeah. to put our stamp on something. It's another dimension. I mean, you see most, you know, like 10 drops, you see dark matter, you see um, tugboat, you know, you see all that. that yeah, we just uh, sold a couple of our old barrels to uh, a guy out of Northwest Indiana. Uh, his company's called Smuggler's Coffee. Yeah. Uh, he does some barrel aging of coffee. So he uh, contacted us through Instagram and said, hey, uh, are, do you have any old barrels for sale? I love doing barrel aged coffees. Uh, I'd love to use one that had your beer in it. And I told him that's fine as long as we could get some of the coffee afterward yeah, to put right. it back into a beer. And, that's an honor know, just, right there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's a cool thing, too, about, about brewers and coffee and all, all this kind of just blends together, the, the, the relationships you guys build. I mean, you guys have done that before, I mean, like with equipment and different things. Oh, for sure, yeah. The, well, the fermenters right behind me, we bought from One Trick Pony up in uh, Lansing just one before trick. we opened. Hosts are open, they're open mic up there on oh, Wednesdays. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, we were going in there for a while, um, and one day I walked in there, and Dave behind the bar said, "Hey, you keep talking about opening a brewery. Do you need some fermenters?" I said, "Yeah." You're damn right. He's I like, do. "All right, uh, I'm closing in about half an hour. Come back to my house, and I'll show you the ones that I'm trying to get rid of." And You're not gonna not do it. Right. Exactly. It was a little weird, you know. We got to his house, uh, me and a, a buddy of mine, um, and he's like, "All right, uh, they're coming in the garage. They're up in the attic. Just go up this ladder." And I'm like, "This seems a little weird, but <laughs> sure, dude, sure." <laughs> I need these damn fermenters. Exactly. I'm a desperate man. So yeah, uh, he he made me an offer that I said, oh, "Well, I can't pass that up." Clearly. That you know, the price that you're telling me you want for the fermenters is about what the valves on the bottom of them cost. So. I'll take I feel him. like you tried hard not to say an offer you couldn't refuse. I, I really <laughs> did. You tried so hard. <laughs> you did good. See? Uh, but I, I think all the brewers and breweries, we all work together really great. I mean, you know, we're all part of the, most of us are part of the Illinois Craft Brewers Guild. And every day you, you see them, or every other day you get an email, hey, my order got screwed up, then we got a bag of this or a bag of that. I mean, there's been times we've finished our brew day and we go to put the yeast in the tank and we're like, shit. <laughs> So we've called it's like up when I go make a sandwich so and I'm like, oh, damn it, we ran out of mayo. <laughs> you know, we've called up Brand over at, uh, at Workforce. We're like, is there any chance you have a brick of this yeast? He's like, yeah. We're like, okay, we're on our way. Of course he does. <laughs> There's Chicago Brew Works over there. <laughs> so that, you know, even just like uh, the barrels, you know, the, the very first or two of the two of the three times I think we bought a bunch of barrels that was organized from Hailstorm Brewing. You know, Josh, Josh is a good man yeah, over there. Yeah, I love, Josh love and Brandon. And, you know, they, 
bottle got a whole truck full of barrels and it's like they do that a lot don't they yeah they've done that full times yeah, yeah, Penrose yeah. said they got theirs I've seen pictures of that like microphone yeah, I think great. Drake breaks their barrels from them 300 at a time so mm -hmm. it's like you fill up literally he fills up a whole semi and brings them to his place He's everybody got in the pool everybody yep. comes in yep. gets them and yeah, I think uh, Tom actually over at Penrose said they do that with wine barrels. Yeah, for some of the yeah. Guys. yeah. Uh, we bought a barrel off of them at one point too. Yeah, uh, an old tequila barrel. Yeah, so what do you put? What'd you put in that? Uh, that one actually, by the time we got around to using it, it was so dried out and cracked. It's uh, actually sitting up in front as kind of a uh, table. Cool. Yeah, it just looks cool. So yeah, it, nice. it was it. over a thirty-year-old barrel, I think he said. Wow. And so yeah, we were all gung ho about it, and then by the time we had a fermenter free to put a beer into it, it was too far gone. Uh, but we did get a couple other tequila barrels uh, last year through uh, Illuminated. Was yeah. it? Yeah. Illuminated. What was Brian? Brian. Brian. Yep. Yeah, he's a nice guy. He, gave he me is. A, he got me a sixtal of uh, of one of their beers recently. Nice. Good man. Yeah. So we uh, we put a uh, goza in there. It was a tequila lime goza. So we. Uh, What's that we, one called? Uh, it was called. What was that called? El Chengo Loco. El Chengo Loco. Okay. Yeah, that's Crazy right. Monkey. I think I remember when. Yeah, I think I remember you guys put that out. Yeah, that came out really good. It was, you know, an idea I had in the back of my head for a while. Uh, I was like, you know, this the sourness, the uh, the lime. It would you know, be margarita-like, and then if it was aged in a tequila barrel, Without it would just kind of add to that. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so we did a test batch of it last year. came out great. It was gone in about two hours. Yeah. Um, and did you guys bottle that, too? Or yeah, then we bottled it uh, when we did the bigger batch of it. We had two tequila barrels, uh, so we bottled it and, uh, and then had it on tap for a little while. What kind of yield comes out of one barrel? Out of a tequila barrel like that, I think we get pretty yeah, good yield. Uh, you know, the big barrels are 55 gallons. Yeah. You you know, you lose at least a couple of gallons depending on how long you're going to keep it in there. Um, you know, I, know, I don't think we lost too much yeah. on that one, though. Oh, that's good. Yeah, like a couple of gallons. What else have you guys put in barrels? We did one last summer where we got a 10 gallon gin barrel from Chicago Distilling in the city, and uh, we put a it was an all Motueka Saison in there. And when, by the time we tasted it, because the, the Motueka kind of has a, a lime mojito flavor to it. And then we threw it within with the gin. And, you know, the, the beer was called Jorts Weather initially with the Saison by Perfect. itself. So then we end up with, you know, gin and Jorts Weather. Jorts Weather. That's great. <laughs> I love the term Jorts. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, we've done a bunch of the Osmodius, uh, the Journeyman barrels, when we first got them, they were rye and bourbon. We did uh, an Imperial Porter, Death by Metal. That was a, a pretty popular one to the point where in fermenter number two right now, there's a four-barrel batch of that. We're going to four or five-barrel. We're going to fill up two more rye barrels for that and do that one again. Uh, so we got the Monkey Mochas in a rum barrel. Uh, got some beer coming here. Yeah, we, for coming. our uh, anniversary coming up on the uh, 27th, we've got some bottles of, uh, we had it aging for 18 months in a red wine barrel, our Monkey Fuel Belgian Jesus. Triple, and it came out great. Well, yeah. one of the barrels came out great. The yeah. other, uh -oh. not so much. What does that mean? That means we're dumping it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's a quality thing too, though, because you don't want to put out a sub. Exactly. Product, right? Yeah, we don't. Like, yeah, we want it. There's to no be stretching it. Like, hey, it'll be fine. No, Somebody not will like at all. it. <laughs> Yeah, but, the, and we've we've dumped batches in the past when they weren't up to our standards. I've heard if you're not dumping batches, and you're probably not doing a great job. <laughs> I I would say that's probably true. Yeah, yeah, you don't want you know it's too much on the line. 
to, yeah. you know, people have it once and they like it and they have it again and it's weird and they're like, huh, this one's strange. And this is your livelihood. I mean, right. This is, exactly. this is your life right here, yeah. right? I mean, so yeah, but also in, a, in addition to the red wine barrel-aged monkey fuel for the anniversary, we also have a bourbon barrel-aged thick uh, milk stout, which is our thick stout for Harambe. That's the Harambe. I think yeah. I saw that yep. on the on the events page or something. Yeah, yeah that's... Well, you guys have done multiple things with the Harambe stuff, yeah. right? You have pancakes? Is that a uh, yeah, we well, we or? had the yeah the fixed out for Harambe, and then we had the idea to uh, uh, put some maple syrup into it and figured we'd keep the base recipe the same and just add some maple to it, and so we called it short stack for Harambe. Yes, I had that, I had that at uh, Ironing Glass during yeah. Gummy Bear. Oh, yeah, because yeah, right. I was there at 8 in the morning. Just that. don't hold my wife doesn't listen to this, but yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was there at 8 in the morning getting my Gummy Buddy, and... Uh, I drink a gummy hey, bear. So I'm, like, I'm like, what too. else? Like, what else can I get? And there it was. Style. It was yeah. Cafe Death or Death from uh, Revolution, <laughs> and there was Harambe. I said, gotta get the Harambe. Nice. Yeah. So there's a couple of hot button words in beer, right? It's like they want to see hazy, and they want to see double dry hop. They want to see barrel aged, right? right? So, so you guys are doing uh, double dry hopping, but you don't need to put it on. Like, it, it's not posted you know this is yeah, double dry hop we've so done a couple batches a couple different beers where we've double dry hopped and at, you know i think one of the versions of the call we did a double dry hop with it and it for us it didn't it wasn't too much different with that style particularly um but we've done a few here and there yeah you know obviously we've kind of run the gamut of a couple different barrel aged beers so far and you know, we like to obviously as we grow and expand, we hope to expand that that barrel aging. More wood. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we have the space for we can we can stack a lot of barrels over there. So you said the space is is that is that new to you guys then over there? Yeah, the, as of the uh, October first, we okay. we moved into that. See, space. I knew it was there. I just I didn't know if you you owned it or sure. It yeah, we we signed a lease for it back in I think April. And it, it took our landlords a little while to get the bathrooms and the wall up because that was another space that they had no wall to, separating it from the unit next to it. So, uh, yeah, we, yeah, uh, October 1st is when everything was finally done and we started moving all of our stuff in there. And pretty much everything that's in there now was in here at that point. So it was getting to be a nightmare to just move things around. Some to, space here now. To yeah. brew, you know. It was like Tetris on a brew day. Oh, I bet that's yeah, this yeah, in the alley. Move this over in the alley. Pallet jacks are essential, I take it. Yeah, absolutely, there. yeah. And then we had a lot of the barrels up front in the tap room, which was clogging up a lot of space where people yeah, would sit or stand. Walk in, you come in and see yep, the barrels and would be right there. Exactly. Yeah. So, so it's good to have it out of there. What does the future look like for the other half here? Well, the um, space. We've just put up some pallet racking in there, some uh, new pallet racking, so we can put away a lot of the stuff that's on the ground. Um, the front, uh, for our anniversary party, we're putting a stage in there, uh, stage PA system. And uh, last year we had all that outside, which was fine, but the weather's so unpredictable, especially at the end of January, you don't want to. Like today? Yeah, exactly. Yesterday. You don't want to assume that it's going to be nice for you and then have a blizzard or sub-zero weather like we've been having. So we've got the space, we're going to use it, uh, cram it full of people and have some awesome. kick-ass music. Um, yes, who, who you got playing? So we've got uh, a friend of mine, uh, a couple friends of mine. They play in a band called Professor Emeritus. They're a metal band. They're out of Chicago. They've, I think they just put out an album yeah. um, just recently. Well, give them some love. I mean. Oh, for sure. They're. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait to see them live. Uh, in your own space. In yeah, yeah, exactly. That's like another level. Like when you want to see a band live, it's awesome. And then at the same, when it's in your space, for sure. Cool. 
And then the, uh, right now the headliner is going to be Made in Chicago, the Iron Maiden tribute band, which is awesome. Pretty I sure you know, if you're going to like that. Look around here, you see Iron Maiden stuff everywhere. So when, when uh, the guy that booked the bands for us, when he told me Made in Chicago was the going to be the headliner, I was like, oh, that is perfect. Oh, I, so you, yeah, you had another guy doing that? Then, uh, right? It was one of the guys that uh, played in one of the bands we had last year uh so we had nola play last year the down tribute okay and uh jason uh he's guitar player uh, he, he's gonna yell at me if i get this wrong <laughs> pretty sure he's a guitar player um you can edit no yeah right <laughs> <laughs> um he offered to, to book the bands for this year uh he he got the ones together for last year and so he offered to do it again his band wasn't available so he said don't worry about it i'll find some other awesome big bands. time in the monkeys oh that's not cool right oh. <laughs> we're not available that day <laughs> i i think the uh the drummer is out of town or something like that because the drummer's dad did the sound in the pa system last year and he's not available either that day so i'm guessing sound there's guy? something going on oh they we found someone yeah okay. yeah uh this guy jason he took care of it so okay. he's taking care of the sound the lights the bands so all we have to do is make sure he's got a place to put them perfect yeah, you guys got you got that now. You got yep. some space over there, huh? Yeah, and eventually we want to expand the tap room out into the new space. Yeah. Uh, maybe make it like a private event space or something like that. Um, not really sure yet. We're not in any hurry to do like it. A whole bunch of barrels. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're right now. There's a couple stacks of barrels over there, and hopefully in a couple of years you we'll have. You want more? All, oh, yeah. all barrels. And uh, we, we do have another cooler that's going to be going in there for expanding oh. our distribution and things like that. Um, yeah, the cooler is sitting in a storage unit down the street right now. So as soon as the anniversary is over, we're going to empty that space out, get it assembled so in that's here. The next, that's the next move, huh? So, so the cooler's ready. You just got to get it in here and assemble. Exactly. Huh? Yeah. So what's the space on your current cooler? Um, I think it's well, like 16 by 13 foot. Mm -hmm. The new one's about the same size. Uh, it's wow, a so you're really in double up. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's a little bit bigger, um, but not quite as tall. But the height doesn't matter because we only stack the kegs too high. So high yeah. um, we actually got the the new cooler from Pipeworks. Uh, they, oh, cool. They were moving out of their old brewery space. and Into the uh, dojo? Uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, Garrett had, had a post up. They were looking to get rid of the cooler. We, Jason and I went down, spent a torturous afternoon taking oh. the thing apart. Yeah, yeah. They were. It, I nothing, mean, nothing is free. Nothing's free. Yeah, yeah. you we, know, we it, it was sitting in there for years. Oh, so you know, they, so. they, didn't even, they just take it. Oh yeah, they home. they said if you want but it, like you, you got to take it apart. Nothing's you know? free. <laughs> but that's all right. I, you know, at the end of the day, we got a cooler out of it. You look back on it fondly now. Yeah, right. But that day, that day it was it was pretty rough. You know, we, we we both went home pretty sore at the end of that night. <laughs> you sore Again, angry. like you said, you earned it. You earned yeah, and I think our plan was to uh, to empty the truck uh, and return the truck that night. And by the time we got to the rental space, I was like, nope, don't even want to touch it anymore. Let's just go home, go to sleep. And mm -mm. if they want if they want to charge us for an extra day for the truck, that's fine. Once all the frustrations wore down. <laughs> right. So what do you get? Well, you might as well talk about some of your beer that we're holding right now. What do we got here? I'm holding the call, you right? Got the call, I got yeah. the call, and it's phenomenal. Um, I've had it before, but like you said, it may be on like version 3.0 yeah, at this point. Right. It may be a whole other story. And uh, what do you got here, Jason? Uh, I switched over to Savage Beast. It's our uh, so Citra cool. and Mosaic IPA. I'm actually drinking the same. I I always opt for the smaller glass, so I don't feel like I'm drinking as much. <laughs> it never works out because I usually have three or four of them. Again. Exactly. <laughs> no, I, I seriously. 
beer people are weird, right? <laughs> I mean, we have that like little block. Like, if I just put it in a smaller glass, it's fine. Like, we right. have all these exactly. little workarounds. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's all the same though. So you touched on something for a minute that I did want to bring up. Uh, you're you're really good at with the segues, but uh, <laughs> so. The the distribution. What, what's that looking like on the horizon? Because really, you guys aren't in a lot of stores right now. Yeah, we're right? not. Uh, not a whole lot. We're, I think, regularly in like 10, 15 different bars and restaurants. Uh, we've, you know, sold beer to probably 20, 25 different places. Um, with the Barrel Aged Osmodius release, we had our first segue into retail uh, bottle sales. Right, that's what uh, I was thinking. I, I never see a bottle from you guys. Anymore. No, there, until now, we've had such little supply that we haven't been able to get out there but with the barrel aged osmodius we had a lot more we had i think three thousand bottles this year roughly whereas last year we had i think 13 1200 what does that equal in man hours back here bottling well this year for in 2017 because we like doubled and then some we knew we couldn't do it all by hand because everything else has been bottled by hand it's a three head right. counter pressure filler and when you look into, okay, we got a bottle, 28, 2,900 bottles, you can't do that three at a time, you'll be here for a week. So we hired a mobile bottler out of Michigan. He came down one day and he did all the regular barrel-aged Osmodius and as well as the maple version that we had the three, uh, three of the tanks filled up. He was able to knock out, I think, what, 1,500 bottles, 1,600 bottles in like five hours, and that would have probably taken us weeks to do was that something you were like okay we'll do this again yeah for sure yeah for sure and uh and then we manually bottled all the rest of it the the coffee and the mexican chocolate variants was that how how many bottles that that was uh probably about 600 between the two of them um a little less but that took us two days oh yeah yeah so yeah there's big big savings in uh time uh having the mobile bottler come in. Uh, but with uh, having that much beer, we were able to sell some to different stores. Uh, uh, we had our first venture into Binnie's, so we had uh, at least one case of Osmodius in 35 of their stores. Is that weird? It was weird, <laughs> yeah. It, the, logistically, it was, uh, we were like, we, you know, when they when they said they wanted the beer, we are like, okay, let's do it. And then we are thinking about the logistics, and we are like, uh, how the hell are we going to get this much beer to that how many that stores. Happen? Like how they call you and they say, "Hey, can we get this?" No, we or? contacted them. Uh, you know, we, we uh, uh, they had an email address for getting beer into their stores, okay. so we emailed them and said, "Hey, we've got this beer." You know, and the guy people call- tend to like it. Oh yeah, the guy called uh, Brandy a few minutes after she sent the email. I was like, "Yep, we know the beer, we know the brewery, oh, good. Uh, we want it." And they said, uh, "She said, okay, well, we've got." I don't know, 60 cases available for distribution. He's like, all right, we'll take them all. We want to spread them around uh, yeah. 35. Stores. Right. And then uh, and then he's like, can you guys deliver to all these stores? Because, you know, it's it, we self-distro. And, yeah, so it's it was a little fun uh, trying to get everyone on board to say, okay, you take 20 cases, like, you wait, take 10 cases. are you going cases. that way? You're going right. that way? Okay. Oh, yeah, we had maps for everybody. We had. So, like, how far out did it go? Like what was the furthest Binnies that you? Uh, were we did all thirty-five locations. The only, oh, is only, that, is only that what they have thirty-five. They have thirty-eight. Oh. The only th- ones we didn't do were like Bourbon, Champagne, and like Peoria. Springfield, I think. Or Springfield. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 So there was like what, a lot of people six, are just getting out that eight way. Eight of us. We all broke it up into like little regions, and there was a Monday. Call me like, if you guys right, need help. I drive everywhere. <laughs> I'll get I'll get you Willowbrook and uh, Bolingbrook. All that. I can I can take care of those for you. Just give all me right. Call. I I I commute every day to Hinsdale, <laughs> so. 
take care of all that for you. <laughs> no, I love that. I love hearing the self-distro stories. It's great. Yeah, that know? was awesome. And we had uh, a prestige liquor out in Westmont. They contacted yeah, right us and said, hey, can we uh, get some beer? And uh, that was one that we didn't contact them. They sent us a message. It's got to feel pretty cool. I mean, oh, yeah. I know it's, you know. But it's pretty cool. You're like, I just made this beer, and now these places are calling right, me. Right, exactly. Get. And then uh, same with Malloy's. Malloy's in Naperville, they, they called us and said, work right by oh, there. did you really? Nice. <laughs> yeah, the beer cellar had a bunch. Had some beer cellar, iron well, and glass iron had some. Glass. You walked right in. I saw That's you right, deliver yeah. that, that case. <laughs> I was like, what do you got there? It was great with Malloy's. Uh, uh, We were delivering to the Naperville location, Mm -hmm. and I put up a picture on Instagram saying, hey, we're delivering to Malloy's in Naperville. Two minutes after I posted it, uh, Jason gets a call from Malloy's in uh, Lyle and said, okay. hey, we saw you're delivering to our other store. We went on in. We went in on that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah that's all great. Right, cool. Well, that's that power of social media, though. I mean, For sure. You post something and you think, like, maybe nobody saw it, and then all of a sudden it takes the right one person yep. to see it or, you know, yeah. whatever. And, yeah, if you posted that on your way there, you'd have been, like there'd have been people waiting for you right. to get there. <laughs> yeah. I, I believe it. Is he here yet? Like, is he here? Yeah. <laughs> So, well, yeah, yeah that's something was... we're looking to get more into, more uh, get out to more stores, more bars, more restaurants, uh, more packaged stuff. Uh, I, I think Jason I mentioned it before, but we're going to be upgrading our brewing system. Uh, in the next couple of months, we're having a 10-barrel brew house installed uh, with all 20-barrel fermenters. And where are you at right now? Uh, three. Three-barrel, three and you're at, oh, my gosh. Yes. So it's that's going to be... Yeah, it's going to look a lot different. Uh, so what's that? Here. What's it? What goes into that when they come in? Like, is that going to be? You're going to have to take some days off. I mean, to yeah, take well, care of like. What? As far as brewing goes, yeah, we'll probably brew like crazy people leading up to that, and then okay. during the installation time frame, we'll be more or less shut down for brewing. We'll still be open. Tap room will still yeah. be open, and we'll you know be stockpiling leading up. And then to we that. put those general contractor hats back on That's again. Right. That's terrible. But it no. basically all, you know, everything behind you is getting ripped out. The hood, the oh, really? brew stand, all these things are going I'm away. so used to that visual yeah. from, like, your Facebook posts and stuff. For your last oh, it's going to be like, weird like, having it not there. Two big nice, pots. Like, yeah, nice big shiny uh, mash tun, hot liquor tank, boil kettle, steam, you know, steam generated boil kettle. So are you getting a little brew chub right yeah. now? Yeah. It's <laughs> awesome. What do you know when you look at those, some of those brew days when it's, you know, Eight nine hundred pounds to make a double IPA, and we're scooping yeah. it out by hand. And now we'll have a, a rake and a plow system in our mash tun, and we'll put the container underneath the hole, and it'll push it out. Like at least, Killer. I mean, it, it. You know, we've done it for two years now, where we've you know done all the super manual side of it. So it'll it'll be nice. It'll it'll be a nice change of pace. Yeah, we feel like we've earned it at this yeah. point. Well, I don't feel like I've cheated now. Anybody who, yeah. You guys have broken your backs enough to make some really awesome beer for a lot of people, so I doubt that you should feel like you're cheating Uh, at all. No, No, it was funny. Like, when we brewed at Arrowhead, and we, you know, was brewing with Mike over there, and, you know, the mash-out consisted of putting the garbage can underneath the hole and letting it fill and moving the garbage can, I was like, I, I really don't like you right Son now. Son bitch. <laughs> he's like, oh, what do you got to do? And I explained to him again. He's like, oh, yeah, that's, uh, mm, that's yeah, fun. That sounds like a terrible Yeah, glad idea. we decided to brew there and not here. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because that's going to be a really big beer. Yeah. Just, uh, what was it again? It was the double milk stout? Yeah, Is double that what coffee milk stout. Yeah. Arrowhead, right? Yeah. Where are they at? Where's their They're in uh, New Lenox. It's a... Uh, Laraway, and I think it's called Castelloga. It's right next there. to the Burkotts in New Lenox. Okay, yeah. Same little strip mall. That place gets good beer. That Burkotts. Yeah. You don't think Burkotts beer? You don't. You know, only the people chasing their beer down. That's a, that's not a bad spot for it. 
So the distro is on on the horizon, huh? That we can get like a van or oh, you already have a monkey van, don't you? Yeah, we're, well, I've got the the minivan. Okay, I'm embarrassed to say. No, you're not. <laughs> Stop. There's no, no it's 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 not as bad as uh as I pretend it is. <laughs> My wife's an anti minivan person. She's a she's the SUV lady. lady. I have an SUV, couldn't have a van. I was like, I don't care. It's got the buttons, uh, doors right. open. Like, well, yeah, but when it was time for me to get a new car, I was like, well, I'm going to need to move kegs. Minivan is low to the ground. It won't be hard to get them in there. I could fit a lot of them in there. I would there. never thought that, but like, yeah, that's a good genius. Let's yeah. get the minivan as much as I hate to drive one. Mm-hmm. It's the, the most practical thing that's that we could afford right now. Plus, you're going to have a week back by not scooping out mash. You know? Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have your spoiled little, uh, you know, containment units. <laughs> Yeah. So, so yeah, what we, else? We, what else? We got anniversary. Let's talk more yeah, about the anniversary. anniversary. We said, let's two, get, I know we talked the date. January twenty seventh. Right? January twenty seventh. What is that? Saturday. 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 Yep. Uh, noon to eight p.m. Uh, or noon to eleven p.m. What am I saying? <laughs> uh, noon. Uh, eight p.m. Right, we're gonna have the roaming hog here. Uh, food uh, truck. The They'll be here till eight so p.m. So good. Seriously. Like. Oh, they're good. wonderful. I've heard stories about them and toasty cheese. of people just coming like, I don't drink beer. I'm just here for the food truck type stuff. We get that a lot. We the two of them and then uh, Gnarly Knots as well, the pretzel truck. You know what? The funny story about that, my my partner basically at work, my co-worker, I work at a hospital, but the guy in the office next to me is like good, real good friend of mine. We drink together, do all that. His high school friend is the guy that owns Gnarly Knots. Oh, wow. Knots. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, he's, he's real close with him, so he's like, yeah, you ever heard of this place? And we're at Noon Whistle, you know, and oh, yeah. he's over there all the time, so. But yeah, that, that, they make some damn good stuff. They that do. Italian beef pretzel yeah. thing. Oh, that's know? my favorite. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, for, anyway, for the anniversary, it'll be the Roaming Hog uh, so here noon. 12, yeah, 12 to 8. 12 to 8. We're going to be doing both so, of the so bottle like releases pork. right at noon when we open. The red wine barrel-aged monkey fuel and the bourbon barrel-aged thick style for Harambe. Yep. They'll both be on tap as well. Bombers? 22-ounce bombers, yeah, bombers. bombers. Are they all waxed? Are they, they will be. They will be. They're not right now. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're waiting on the labels and the wax to come in. Yeah. Color wax, you know? I don't know. Thick it's dumb, it's getting, a dumb question. Yeah, thick but stout's getting black, uh, and then there's like a purple magenta, but oh, yeah. sparkly. You just made magenta one. sound manlier than I've ever heard it sitting. <laughs> magenta. So that'll the, the, those will be on tap, and then we're going to do specialty tappings throughout the day. We'll have those two on tap right Secret? when we open. Secret? Are we going to? I think we could talk about it. Yeah, well, I mean, we, you guys. we have yeah. we currently have barrel aged Osmodeus on tap, so that'll also be on tap. Which I just had which was awesome, uh, so make sure you get it. What we did last year at the one year anniversary, which was a huge hit, was we took Furious George, the Amarillo Pale Ale, okay. and we added uh peppers to it. Yeah, we had habanero really? peppers and then a uh a pepper that tastes a lot like a habanero but has little to no heat. Uh, just for that huge kind of aromatic, uh, floral kind of flavor. You have a pepper guy? Like, which one of you guys? Actually, yeah, that's me. Pepper yeah. guy, we, we grow all sorts of peppers. Pepper guy. He's like chocolate guy, pepper <laughs> guy. He's roasting coffee beans. Yeah, it sounds so we, right. Yeah, we took the peppers and took Furious George and made them into Jorge Furioso. Uh, okay, what's that process, though? When, when does that go in? So that was okay. more or less like dry hopping it. Yeah. I so think yeah, is what we did with that We pulled off. Uh, for that last year, we pulled off five gallons. So what's it ferment for? How, how long? For it ferments weeks. two weeks, ten yeah. days, you know, yeah, fourteen days, week and a half, two, like that. two and weeks. And that's when you start adding those peppers in. Yeah, for something like that, because we made a six barrel batch of this beer. So you just made like time. a six. We, we just took it, a yeah. six dollars worth off and basically dry hopped that. So and then really so we're gonna do that again this year. We'll probably do a little bit more this year because it was a 
wildly popular. Wait, say it again. What was the name? Jorge Furioso. So awesome. And then we also want to take <laughs> the same Furioso. same beer, uh, Furious George, and we want to do a coffee version of it, but without darkening it up. So we're hoping that use just just beans, because normally with our coffee beers, we'll grind everything up and okay. we'll dry hop it and. Obviously, you get a little bit of the color off of the coffee beans. So. You know, I just had that when I was at Penrose, they had a, a coffee IPA, yeah. and it was interesting because it looked, you know, it's like that. Mm-hmm. It looked like an IPA, but it, it was heavy coffee, and it yeah. hit you. So, and it was really tasty. So we're gonna do those two for sure, and then we're uh, we're kind of kicking around the last couple special ones that we might have later okay. tonight. We're not real sure yet what we're gonna do with them. Yeah, like a there's like a commissioned planning meeting later that okay, yeah. top more or less. Stuff. Yeah, I like it. We I like we've it. got. Uh, Probably some of our barley wine that's going to go on. Um, Silverback, it's called. We had that, brewed that last year. We've, you know, set a couple kegs aside to age. Uh, not necessarily, or not barrel age, but, right, just, you know, yeah, just, just let them, let them roll for a while. Yeah, exactly. And steel. <laughs> so, barley wines. I mean, that, that's that's a, a it's one that I get into, but don't get into, you know. I've had, one, I've had good ones. I've had mm-hmm. some really good ones. I've had some ones I'm like. It's like chewing tobacco or something, you know. <laughs> so, so what your guys is like? I don't think I've ever seen the silverback. Yeah, it, we had it on last year for the anniversary, and I don't think too much beyond that, did we? Uh, not really. Yeah, um, it's but obviously good. Very just kind of traditional barley wine, just very. What's the percent on it? What's, uh, what's ABV? Nine, ten percent. Yeah, so it's a respectable. <laughs> I go to like I go like hailstorm and get that Arctic, you know, the Arctic, Arctic one, wolf, and it's yeah. like fourteen percent. Yeah, <laughs> pretty burly barley wine. Like like last year's uh, Bourbon County, I didn't I didn't really love it, but mm-hmm. people said like this year, last year's is great now, the twenty sixteen. Okay, know, letting it sit. So I don't know. I'm always hit or miss on them. I see a uh, Iron and Glass is doing a barley wine night or something, a bottle share on the 29th. Okay. I oh, nice. Right so is that some a style that you guys like that you kind of? It's hit? a style I I'm a fan of. I don't know yeah, how I you like, feel about like it. Honestly, I, 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 I can like you describe it for like the, you know kind of a difference it's between that and uh, you know? It, I would guess you could kind of say it's if you were to take a big double IPA but make it maltier. I mean, you put a lot of hops in a barley wine because it does need to have some longevity to it as well. But it's and some balance for a, all the malt. That's yeah, in but it, it but it's a big malty beer with a little bit of hoppiness to it but you know those also tend the hops tend to fade so that's kind of where then it, the maltiness kind of shines through but you still get a little bit of the yeah, i think i almost prefer a barley wine with some age on it i don't like them right. really fresh because i don't i don't like them having a big hop character because at that point I, i'll just get a double ipa yeah. yeah just go that way right mm-hmm. it's got all the other characteristics right. you're looking for for sure so I don't know what else you guys want to talk about. We got we got the anniversary. Uh, what what other we got well, music. Yeah. We got food. Yeah, the we got the special tapping in March. So, so March is when you put the contractor hat on. Yeah, once yep. that's installed, we're hoping to do like you said. You know, can some beer on a regular basis. Can some beer. Whoa, whoa. whoa. This is, I don't think this I mentioned news. that actually. Yeah. This so is when breaking we, news. Yeah, <laughs> well, we we want to do more. Package. See, this is, people are going to be fast forwarding to this yeah. part. They're like, "Oh, did you guys hear Metal Monkey? I didn't hear anything else, but Metal Monkey's canning beers now." Yeah, you know, we 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 really wanted to do it last summer, and there's mobile canners that come in. And Hailstorm does that still, yeah. don't they? I mean, well, he's big a as they are. They now, do now. Okay. He, same I'm surprised thing. Chris didn't make one over there. <laughs> but you know, to make it worthwhile, you got to have enough to do it. And a lot of the places, they're like, you know, if you got 15 or 18 barrels, that's ideal. It's like, okay, well, that's 80 percent of our fermenter space, so. We're not going to tie everything up for a month to package one or two beers. So 
with having 20 barrel tanks coming yeah and sounds great. ability to you know fill those up and then the same day now and make it brew days are going to be a little bit easier we're hoping that we can routinely you know get some beer packaged in the cans get a little bit more out there distribution at the liquor stores a little bit more option for people here to go you know hollers are hollers are nice they're great but yeah. at the same time if you can get that four pack of cans and not know I have to drink it in the next two days. Then we love those four pack cans, nice. man. Even the crawlers, crawlers are nice. Yeah. Crawlers, we'll, are set, nice, we'll yeah. settle for crawlers. Yeah. Yeah. The, the crawler machines on our short, 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 short wish oh. list. <laughs> so you need like a kick, Kickstarter or something. <laughs> send me, that, send me a growler. Yeah, but the, the the canning thing. That's. Do you guys have an idea? I mean, don't don't give me the specifics, but spray to like yeah. some of the ones you might want to put in cans. Uh, well, I think last year when we were talking about, we we really. We really liked the idea of, because uh, we'll probably be doing it closer to summer, something lighter like our fantasy bowling league. Colch would Colch. be nice, yeah. Uh, what else was there? Um, I I always thought that our gozas would be good to have in a can, uh, either bikini bottom or passion of the goza, uh, the pi- uh, passion fruit. Yeah. Something hoppy, obviously. Something hoppy for sure. Whether it's uh, the New England IPA or like Tony's Car or Double IPA. Tony's car is damn good beer. I mean, I I I agree. It was my first metal monkey beer. Maybe I'm just partial to it, but <laughs> you know, it, it's damn good beer. It wouldn't be bad in cans. Not this at all. Be, this, this, uh, the, the call, call wouldn't be wouldn't bad be in good, cans yeah. either, right? But I mean, you say you gotta like to play with that recipe a little right. bit. Maybe you'll dial it in and say, yeah, this has to go in cans now. Right. You guys think about uh, like a place like Revolution. You know, they have the space and the size, obviously, for it. But canning a, a barrel aged beers now, it's, it, I like it. It's actually, a great idea. I, I was like skeptical when I bought them, but I, I had the VSOD the other day, and I had yeah. the, I had the Cafe Death out of there. And it was you phenomenal. Know, I, I I buy way too many bombers of beer, more than I yeah. probably should, and then I they, I hear they get put in a box or in the back of the fridge, and I go, oh, I want to drink that, but I don't want to drink twenty two yeah, ounces. A lot of times, it's a beer you need to drink to th- with someone. I start right. to think about how little f- I don't have any friends. Right. <laughs> My, my wife likes beer, but I don't know if I'd say, hey, you want to drink this, you know, 17% stout before you go to sleep? She'd right. Like, like, uh. I'm getting very blessed right now. She is really loving stout. Like last night we sat and had a Drago and, uh, and uh, the Victory at Sea Barrel Aged oh, uh, nice. from, from Ballast. Cause, well, Benny's had a 15% off sale the other day, guys, oh, so, cool. so I had to grab some stuff. But, yeah, so it's nice that she's liking those, but those are 12-ounce bottles. You can manage that. Right. Like exactly. Saying, yeah. like, that's what I like about what Revolution's doing. It's like a, a single serving. Yeah, it's perfect. Barely. I mean, I know that the price tag's high, but yeah. You, oh yeah. If you were to start breaking it down by ounce, price per ounce, exactly. and all that, what you're getting, you're getting, you know, you're getting four up, four chances to have that beer instead of I, I open this bomber and if I don't drink it this now, it's it. gone. You know? Right. Yeah. I've been at some bottle shares where we've. You didn't really waste the bottle, but at the same time, you didn't taste anything either. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, then get towards the end, we open up like a year old Vlad and, uh, you know, barrel aged Vlad, and <laughs> you're already half in the bag, so you're kind of like, all right, well, we just you wake up in the morning, like, you yeah, didn't taste that. So, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> all 22 ounces of it down the drain. <laughs> well, I mean, I really appreciate you guys sitting down. We've done an hour and 10 minutes. Is there anything huh? else you guys want to talk about? Anything else coming up besides the anniversary? You got, Jeez, I don't know. You got events or anything? I don't want to put you on yeah, the spot. We, we, yeah, actually, there's one yeah, that we just posted today. The, oh. Once you talk about it, you're a little bit more familiar with him. Uh, Jake Willis is coming to play. Oh, yeah. We're uh, having a musician, Jake Willis. He's a local guitar player. He uh, He's ridiculously entertaining to watch. He's yes. a, you know, long-haired, long-bearded-looking guy, plays an acoustic Flying V guitar, and he's okay, known to I've ever seen that known before. to occasionally 
beatbox, a drum beat while singing a song while playing the guitar. All right, well, uh, what kind of music are we talking? Are we spraying all fields? He goes, he... he runs the gamut. Uh, like, the, if you look him up on YouTube, uh, he'll, he does a cover of Master of Puppets from Metallica. Okay. That Sold. He, Sold. he will beatbox the drum beat while singing and playing the guitar. So it's double bass in, flying V, mm, right. acoustically. With, but acoustic, amazing. yeah. But uh, his YouTube channel is amazing. It's, Jake he, Willis? Jake Willis. J A I K. He, he, lives, he, in he, he yeah. lives in Chicago. He tours all over the country, uh, plays all sorts of different, like, festivals and things like that uh, how did you get hooked up with jake willis um i went to see well i went to see him live he was opening for somebody else uh this was a couple of years ago and i on the way to the show i friended him on facebook thinking it was his uh music page not his personal page but it was his and personal we're best page. friends and well not, no we're not best <laughs> friends but but we uh you know i've commented on some of his photos we've chatted on facebook a handful of times before and you know he he doesn't drink but he said he'd love to come play out at the brewery sometime and actually when brandy and i got married the other uh is june uh 2016 uh we had the reception here we actually initially asked him if he could play at the reception and he was in colorado or something that day yeah. so uh he said i well i'm not around then but i'd love to play there some other time so let me know when called in that one didn't you yeah, You're like, yeah that's happening <laughs> like hey let's do this <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome this sounds like a good it's time. gonna be a lot of fun he's i would pay to see the master wildly entertaining alone yeah like that. You've seen you ever seen that guy that plays like he plays like Thunderstruck on the acoustic, but he does every piece oh, yeah. of it, you know, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, between the taps and the bass and all that. It's crazy. It's so, insane, yeah. Guys that can make music like that, like metal or, or something a little heavier rock like that on an acoustic and make it entertaining is that's impressive. For sure, yeah. So you got Jake coming. When's Jake coming? February 10th. Jake Willis, February 10th. You no, know, we got a handful of uh, food trucks. Like we had quite a few food truck food trucks coming on Fridays and Saturdays in the next uh, month and a half. Our face our website has all the dates that those trucks are coming through the end of February right That's now. That's on the Metal Monkey website. On the website, not on the yeah. okay. Yeah, we try to keep the uh, we you know we'll pr we'll publish the events on Facebook usually the week or so before so that it doesn't kind of get. Lost in the shuffle timeline. of everything yeah. else, but our website has everything that's up there through the end of February. Um, you know, we do Mondays on or Monday nights. We do trivia at the brewery. Wait, um, wait, wait, wait! You guys have South Park trivia coming South Park up? Trivia. Yeah, that's this, that Thursday. this Thursday. I'll get that out. I'll get that out. What's today? Monday? Yeah, today's Monday. Awesome. And you still have a couple spots left. Yeah, right there's now. still some spots it's, open, guys. Um, this is Monday night at 5:50 p.m. We're, we're recording this, so there's still a few spots for South Park trivia. Get in here. It's going to be fun. Seriously, South Park trivia. That's, that's We've got some cool prizes too. We've got uh, for the winning team, they get uh, South Park hats. So they get four hats, one awesome. for each of the uh, the, the kids. Yeah. <laughs> I think but we're gonna try to do like a, a theme trivia night at least once a month. And you uh, guys had trivia what today or yesterday? Uh, yesterday? It's today. Yeah. today. It starts so at seven o'clock tonight. tonight. Okay. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. That, that trivia is great. It's been going great. It's, it's so much fun. Way better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The first theme night we did was uh, um, Rick and Morty. And that was awesome. I keep my cousin keeps telling me to watch it. I haven't seen it. Oh, yet, you, but I you should. It's, it's great. And we, we had the roaming hog come out here for that, and they did a Rick and Morty inspired menu for the night really? too, which was so great. Fans, oh yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, cool. yeah. When we when uh, me and Ollie, the guy that runs the trivia company, were talking about it, uh, he said I'd like to get a food truck out here if they could do something Rick and Morty themed. And the hog were the first people I thought of. I'm like, they like Killer. to kind of do some wild off the wall stuff so let's see if they're game and they're like yes let's do it please 
Rick and Morty. I, I, I got I to gotta watch it now. See, <laughs> my uh, partner at, at work I was talking about, he, he got like the 20-year anniversary box set for South Park. So he, nice. Uh, I came into work one day, and he left me the little bag of Jew gold. He's like, this is for <laughs> you. So yeah, I know this is your favorite South Park. <laughs> yeah. Got to love the Jew gold. We'll tell so, him to get in here for a trivia night. Yeah, right? well, I might have, me and him might have to come in and partner up. He said he hasn't watched in a few years, though, so it's fine. I'll make up for that. There you go. So, again, Metal Monkey, right? give your actual address. I know people will find you, but it's um, East Montrose, right? Uh, yeah, 515 Anderson Drive, oh, suite Anderson. number 900. Because it curves over there, huh? Yeah, so we're I'm, right I, where I, I Montrose and Anderson come together. Oh, okay, so we are. It would be just south of 135th on Route 53 in Romeoville. If you are driving down 53, not sure where you're going, there's a big Twin Oaks carpet world. We're kind of set back behind that in the little industrial park. Uh, there's usually a sign out on the on Route 53 on the weekends, so you can kind of find your way if you get lost. Yeah, what's that like with the city? They don't let you put like a yeah they yeah, they don't let us put the signs figure. up, but we have it on good like authority. A that, a sign, then, yeah, we a frame. Right. Apparently, code enforcement's done by 3 p.m. on Friday, so. <laughs> Shh, I'm don't have to tell edit anyone. that out now. See, City of Romeo is me. Yeah, they're going to be tracking us down now. <laughs> well, seriously, guys, I can't thank you enough for doing the podcast. Yeah, we'll, thanks, for, thanks for having us. I'm trying to make it a quick turnaround, get it up here real quick. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Your beer is amazing. Your space is amazing. You guys are killing it. And what, 10 barrel system coming real yeah. soon? It's on its way. What? It's being March? built March? as we speak. It's being yeah. built right oh, now. Oh. Yep. Where's it coming from? Uh, it's coming uh-huh. from Quality Tank Solutions. They're uh, just outside of Milwaukee. Oh, Milwaukee, okay. Yeah, it's, be, uh, <laughs> it's Algonquin for the Great Line. <laughs> it's going to be 100% American-made, too. Oh, that's even nice. better. Yeah. See, people drink more beer out of it now, see? That's right. That's great. Uh, so, but seriously, again, thank you. Thank you for sharing all this stuff. Uh, hopefully, everybody will give this a listen. Um, and hopefully, we can do it again soon. You know, yeah, if you guys sure. ever yeah. have anything else coming down the line, you just need to get out there, let me know. We'll come That'd back. That'd be fun. Yeah, we'll let's come do back it. and do it again. Great. All right, thanks. Thank you. It's been Average Joe's Above Average Beer Podcast, Episode 6 with Metal Monkey and Romeoville, and we're out.